Hey guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, the Thriller Podcast, Emergency Edition. How you doing today, Mike? Chris, we need to talk. We need to talk about Alice. And we, yeah, we need to talk about Alice. That was a... Yeah. <laughs> Not as good as Ray Porter and Vic Rodriguez, but I gave it a shot. I gave it a go. <laughs> what was it, last night? We were supposed to pod. I'm sitting in bed on instagram scrolling instagram like i shouldn't be doing right before bed <laughs> and what do you know pops up boom first chapter audiobook available on youtube for red sky morning so i immediately text you yes see if you had seen this i didn't know said well we gotta listen to it we gotta cover it yep tore through it easily you know it's like a 40 minute amazon or yeah, amazon 40 minute youtube video listen one point seven five speed so cranked it out in like 20 minutes yeah it felt like we needed to get on talk about it and you know i kind of have to say it was cool nice to be back with ray porter james reese they're in the montana he's learning to fly but as like it's going through i'm like this chapter's i don't know it's it, it's kind of like a lot of a lot of filler like a lot of like backstory, you know, like yeah. that, you yeah. know, the typical that I don't feel like we normally get in the first chapter. I feel like it comes like more spread out, but then it hits you with that, that drop at the end. Oh that, yeah. Like that got me, you know, like I wasn't like, I won't, I don't want to say bored, but it was just like, all right, what, what, when is it coming? What's coming? You know, is, are they coming back for him? Cause he, you know, they mentioned like he's paranoid, but not, he's kind of like a piece with everything, but he obviously has a gun or, you know, ready. And then, when you get to the scene, the part of the the first chapter when someone pulls up, like, what's her name? She's um, Katie is re reflecting on her life with James, but and she can't hear like who is this person? You know, building the suspense up, and like, oh shit, what's gonna happen? Yeah. You know, and then lo and behold, it's Vic Rodriguez, and the final words of this chapter, we got to talk about Alice. Like, just hook me, <laughs> hook me. I'm ready for it, dude. Yeah. I'm so ready for it, dude. I felt the exact same way. We had the same reaction to this. Those two little cliffhangers, you're right. Even that one prior, a little earlier when Katie hears the car pull up, I'm like, oh, crap. I'm like, we're doing this again. <laughs> and then when Reese goes, snaps into full animal mode, and he's grabbing the rifle, and Liz has to take control of the plane, it got me right back into it, you know, the same way I felt in Terminalist and Savage Son, you know, True Believer, Savage Son. I was just right back to like typical apex predator Reese and the writing jumped off the page when he went through that transition. But part of me, it hit differently. So that kind of thing has happened so many times, but it hit differently because it came after the red sky morning scene. I, I right. thought that was brilliant right off the bat. Cause something I had said when we got the title drop was, was, is this a little too cheesy? Is this a pun? What are we going for? And yes, I know morning is spelled like morning, but he's right there looking at the sun and he wakes up early and Katie is in his t-shirt wondering, which is something that his first wife did right. put on his clothes in the TV show. She was wearing one of his, I think it was Montana shirts, right? Mm -hmm. And now Katie's doing that, watching him at the dock with the coffee Something about where Reese is at now made this scene of his old life coming back to haunt him. 
just a little different. It, it just hit a little differently, and, and I don't know why. Because I was, for a moment, like, oh, here we go. He's in this peaceful, relaxed life. He's talking about next stages. He's got the coffee shop, the bow and, bow and arrow coffee shop. I'm like... Yeah, he's engaged. They're, he, they're planning a wedding. Yeah. Right. I'm like, okay, how many times have we seen him trying to get to this next stage in life or attempting to have a sense of normalcy? And then he's gripped right out of it with some assassin sneaks up on him or the cop cars come up and surround the cabin and i was just like we're doing it again and then that little twist of it was vic rodriguez i'm like is somebody really gonna have a gun to katie's head or like we're, we're really doing that and then no it was vic so a couple little twists and turns it was just a fun ride to be on yeah and you know i think that that scene with you know katie staring at him in the morning i read into that that he is a little bit uh, not at peace, but he's learned to you know, being in yes. solid darkness for three months, right? And having that stripped away from him, he now appreciates. Like even though, like she even says, he's never been a morning person, but he's gotten into this ritual of waking up because he wants to see the light. You know, the darkness turning to light in the morning yeah. to make sure it's like always there. That's how yeah. I was reading it. Like why Jack like put that image into our head that he is you know something has happened during that time period that has changed him she even like he even writes that or like, you know through katie's voice or her recollections that something has changed within him he is no longer that like heightened animal it's like it's it's there like i guess internally but it's no longer like visibly present at all times right, right. but he had you know obviously he still has it right but yeah, no, something about that was very powerful. And that's like kind of why I didn't want to say I'm, I was bored. Like it just, there was bits and pieces of it that were like, you know, very, you know, allowing, allowing us to explore deeper into like who James is in a very like quick way. Yeah. And then, you know, we get right into the action with the end. What do you think of him trying to learn how to fly? And like, we, yeah. I thought it was cool. The, the scene in the, in the plane, one we're get, we're getting a lot of detail about water planes, which which was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then you know talking about jumps and about like you know different things about you know how he would set up for a jump, what he likes about jumps, what he doesn't like about jumps. I feel like do we get a little bit more backstory, or is that just the exact? I, I know like he saved her from a snipe, like he was sniper out, but like is that just a condensed version of what we've heard, heard before? I couldn't remember. Yeah, no, for sure, it, and actually it was. Probably one of my favorite things to see on screen in the TV show. Uh, we definitely see that. And there's that flashback where it was Boozer in the car with him. But then the TV show, they're messing with his mind. So it was one of his recollections in Terminalist that was kind of fuzzy when he wasn't sure who, if he can even trust himself. So, yeah, we, we've seen that scene. That scene's been explained. And I remember when it was first written, it hit. And it hit hard. And the fact that they decided to film that as one of his recollections was super cool. Uh, yeah, so I loved rehashing that. Just to go back to the doc scene, you said it perfectly. I, I knew there was a deep metaphor there. I wasn't sure. And that coming out of the darkness, seeing the sunrise, I think you nailed it. And so I, I agree with you. That part of this text was really powerful, really deep, and what I wanted. Now what I didn't want, and I know this is me, <laughs> It's it's Jack Carr's thing. It's what makes the fans tick. It's it's why he's getting the plaudits that he's getting. It just got too technical too quick. 
you know? It got very technical very quick. The technical and the uh, the tech specs about the plane, about flying, about the rifle, how it's kitted out. I know some people just go off on that. Love it. It's their favorite thing about the series. And power to you. Was it too early, though? It was like the first paragraph or something. We're just getting this, like, technical analysis of flying in these planes. Cool, right. Yeah, very cool. I like that in books. I think lots of people have done it well, but Jack Carr does it even better. Like, no, I think he's the master of it. That's what he's bringing to the series. It just felt in your face as a chapter one. Now, I could be wrong because this could come after a banging prologue. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be a prologue. There has to be a prologue. Sometimes there's even a preface and a prologue. And then you have his author's note. So right. you could have a whole author's note written by him, which we love. I know we're going to get that. You could then have a prologue with some new characters. Remember how mm-hmm. much we love the Poe and Stowe stuff right. in the opening of the last book, Only the Dead? That was a great way to open. So I think we can get a really good prologue that then transitions into this, Reese flying with Liz, which would be a lot of fun. I wasn't expecting it right off the bat, though. No, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. And I, I, I could definitely sense that it was like a lot up front. But I, I, th- I think we're definitely not going to see. We're going to have a prologue. We're going to be eased into it. Maybe even a longer prologue, you know. Yeah. And then we jump right into Montana. So it, I don't know. I, this got me excited about this book. I, I, yeah. it, it, you know, sure, we have our nitpicks, but it, it definitely, uh, I'm excited to read the entire novel now. Not that I wasn't, but I'm even more excited. No, same here, same here. And a great recap. Like you said, the scene yeah. with his relationship with Liz, how, what he did in the Terminalist, and even when he says something along, or, or somebody's reflecting about it and says, I know it's ironic that I went against my code of morals, which is what made me on the battlefield different than our enemy, is that I wanted to uphold the moral high ground. And he's saying, I know I didn't do that when I went on my killing spree and when right. I snapped, but that was that was my call and that was what I did in the moment and I'm owning up to that. Uh, I thought that was a really cool reflection, which then gets him a little out of pilot mode. So we already see he's not super comfortable as a pilot because mm-hmm. Liz is like, dude, snap back into it. You know, where's your mind right now? So we're almost being prepped that he's going to have some disconnect where flying that plane is not going to be the priority anymore. And you always want a wingman like Liz, you know, like, or a co-pilot or she's the real pilot, but you you always want someone like that by your side. So it's really coming together. It's really a fun scene. It's both a playful scene, but also a very deep scene. And I think that's some really smart moves in the setting. I mean, whoa, some of the most powerful writing here, besides describing the planes, describing their relationship, describing their background, just the setting. We, I was transported there. I was in the seaplane. I was feeling the vibrations, feeling the waves, the sun coming up, you know, the warmth of that sun on this dock. I was having a blast with that part of it. Yeah, and I have a greater appreciation. Sorry, I have a greater appreciation of it after going to Montana this summer. And we went to Whitefish where, you know, potentially where his his coffee shop is. We went to, you know, some of these uh, lakes where you have to hike to them, you, you know, that no access with, with, uh, via car. So you would have to either fly a plane or so like just being there and seeing it all, all of that. My trip this summer was like coming back into my mind. Nice. So that was great. Dude, this is going to be a good one. I'm really happy that red sky morning scene was right up front. No, you know, no worries about what the title yeah, exactly. how it relates and it might have another meaning. We don't know. And damn, 
Vic Rodriguez. Alice. So Alice. I guess the, the last thing we need to talk about, what, you know, do a little prognostication or what we think is going to happen. What, like, do you think Alice has gone rogue? Or is Alice trying to contact Reese to get him on his side? Could, I feel like it could go either way. Yeah. Vic says you're a hard man to contact. Like you went off the grid. Does Alice feel that way too? Is Vic just basically saying it's Alice who wanted to find you? She couldn't. Right. We couldn't. Nobody could. Yeah. How did they find or how did they find him? Vic couldn't do it. Was it Alice who ultimately came out of the woodwork and said, I know you're looking for him. I've seen what you've been searching. Let me give you a little tip because I want him to. Yeah, because in the last book, she's kind of gone you know, silent, right? She's gone off rogue on her own. Yeah. Uh, so I think she's been doing something, though. I think she has a mission. Mm -hmm. And I think that time period, that waiting game, was very important for something Alice is cooking. A mission. She has a mission. Okay, mission was a cool theme here. Mm -hmm. How Reese's father was telling him the mission's over, right? Like, But I think what he has to learn is that mission's over, but the new mission is love your wife, raise your family, protect what you have. You don't have to go around protecting others. You don't have to save the world. Right. But protect what you've made and the home that you need to build with her. And that's a mission unto itself. So I think... Alice has a mission. Reese has a new mission and still has to learn what that mission is like. And he's already battled a lot of his personal demons. So he's accomplished an internal mission. And now he has to share that with Katie. And I think that's going to either align with what Alice is doing. It will maybe butt heads with what Vic needs or wants him to do. I think it's going to be a lot of good storytelling from that angle of mission as a theme. Yeah. And we talk about time. Time. Yes. You, you don't have a lot of it. You got to yes. suspend it wisely. So Tom. Thomas. Yeah, it's, it's, um, oh, and then did, I don't know if this is going to like play an important role, but this idea that he held that back, like he never yeah. knew that his dad, I feel like that's something important and like yes. something learning more about his father. And then maybe he didn't know, obviously he's learned a lot about him that he didn't know, but like yeah. some sort of other secret or some aspect to the flying secret. Yeah. Is going to play an important role in the novel. I Maybe. think you're right. No, no, it has to be because the way that was written, it leaves you wanting. It, it makes you curious. And I like how the line about his mother was sh was thrown in there. Something Maybe like she knew. Yeah, did like she know? Did Tom share that with, with her? It makes me think maybe that's the message Tom wanted to send was you, my son, aren't privy to everything because something that no one else could share, not even you. You know, like build something with Katie that's so important, meaningful about your relationship, regardless of the outside world. And maybe it was flying for the two of them, you know? Right. And now Reese has to find what is it for him and Katie that the rest of the world does not need to know, is not privy to, and that they can share together. So maybe, maybe Tom and her flew and something he just felt the world, including James, didn't really need to know about at that moment. Until James was ready to build it for himself. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But that Very was a good line. That was a good yeah. line. Yeah. A lot of questions to be answered. And we gotta we gotta wait to we gotta wait all the way till May. But what a way to kick off the new year, man. Some yes. some red sky morning, emergency pod, back in the back with James Reese, back with Jack Carr. Gotta love it, dude. Yes, yes. All right. So I don't know what's coming. Oh, on this feed, Sons of Valor. Yes. We'll be recording that next week. I'm going to start reading that tomorrow. 
Go check out our other feeds. We just did Blacklist on Scott Harvath feed. We're currently going to be recording a wrap-up of the first half of Scott Scott Harvath books that we've done. Yeah. And uh, we'll probably be posting our 2024 reading list soon. If you've made that graphic yet, Mike. Yeah, I've got that in the works. That should be posted. If not by the time you hear this, definitely in the next few days. All the books we're going to cover across all three No Limits thriller podcast feeds for the first half of 2024. We got a lot of books to read, Chris. There's a lot on that list. (laughs) I enjoyed doing it, though. Yes, indeed, my friend. All right. We need to thank our patrons, our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, Daryl, Kevin, George, Ben, Matt, Don, Peggy, Ray, Bridget, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review to all three seasons of No Limits on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can find us at thrillerpod.com or on Twitter and Instagram at thrillerpodcast. And as always... Just let Reese be Reese.